Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? It's the wild card recap. Playoffs are here. Going to talk playoffs. Going to dive into each one of these games. Obviously, these, well, you never know with us. You'd like to think they'd be shorter. Probably not. Probably end up being longer somehow. Get you into all the breakdowns of the recap, what the games were, what they mean moving on to next week now for the divisional round, and celebrate one of our own here who is a winner. So, Justin, are you ready? More than I've ever been. Burke, take it away. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the How About That podcast presented by Face Value Clothing. You can check them out at facevalueclothing.com. Talk to the owner this weekend. Uh, they said I think they have 25% off still, so go take advantage of that. It's good deals. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, big weekend. Mm-hmm. Personally, a good weekend for me mm-hmm. in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. not just uh, NFL football, but that's what we're here to talk about. And that was the best part of my weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of at a loss for words still. Very fun weekend for me. Very fun weekend of football. I know that we kind of came on here saying that it might be a very, very boring wildcard weekend. One of the worst wildcard weekends we've ever had was my prediction. No bad games except for the one that's currently on. We are starting this podcast a little early. It's the early third quarter, and Dallas is up by a lot. So we're just going to assume Dallas won. Yeah. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, this somehow gets close by the end of it. I guess we can adjust, but I mean, you never know with Tom in the fourth. However, it does not look good. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of looked at the board and saw what we thought would be two entertaining games, uh, being the Jags and the Giants, and the rest to be blowouts. And... That was not the case at all, uh, but the first one was. The first one was, and we can get right into it. It was Seahawks at 49ers. Final score, Seahawks 23, 49ers 41. Justin, my takeaway from that game and this weekend, football games can be very long. Like, when a team comes back, there is so much time to pull away or take the lead or get upset. Like, there's these games are just long. Like, and one touchdown doesn't matter. And in this game, it showed. It was 17-16, to 16, I think, Seattle at one point. Or was it? I think Seattle took the lead. Yes. Um, yeah, it was at half. 17-16, to 16, Seattle at half. Seattle wins the second quarter 17-6. to six, And you're like, okay, wow. Is Brock Purdy, you know, finally kind of hitting his wall? Is Geno maybe good enough to pull this out? And then there's a whole other half of football. And the 49ers just absolutely dismantled them. Uh, and it was ugly. And it's what we thought would happen. Kind of glad it happened. But, man, the 49ers are just continuing to roll and continuing to be our favorite. Let's see if Brett Maher can make an extra point here real quick. Pause the podcast. If you are not paying attention to this game, he's currently 0 for 3 as we watch this. Oh, and my God, he missed my it. God. He missed it. 0 for 4. He missed it. 
has he been wide right every time? Uh, he, so the first two he went wide right, tried to totally golf shot adjust it, dart left, and then this one was wide right again. <laughs> My phone is just dinged a bunch. Sorry, guys. Um, wow, over four. Uh, maybe an area of concern for the Cowboys moving on. But yeah, this this was a football game that was the tail of two halves. Um, uh-huh. Still, I thought it was a very interesting football game, no matter what. Although it was a blowout, it wasn't a, it wasn't a true blowout because of how the first half played out and then the beginning of the second half. Yeah. Uh, seven, obviously, 17-16, Brock Purdy looked like Mr. Irrelevant in the first half. That was kind of your question marks, like you said. Did he hit the wall? You come out in the second half, Seattle has the ball. They're moving forward. Geno Smith has a strip sack. Or, well, there's a penalty. Then he has a strip sack, yep. and that was the game. Uh my takeaway from this is I think people are overreacting to the first half. They are talk, you know, I, I saw a lot of stuff on, you know, the internet and podcasts that like Brock Purdy can't do can, he can do this against the Seahawks, but he can't do that against other teams, and I fully disagree with it. Yeah. Here's the thing about the 49ers. They have the defense that no matter what the score is, they're all they're always in it. Okay? This isn't a team that like the Vikings where if they get down, like it's it's really hard to fight back because of how many points their defense can let up. They can have a strip sack at any time. They can have a turnover at, turnover at any time. And yeah, they got beat deep twice in the first half. Um, but th- overall, this defense is astounding. G- good for Brock Purdy to kind of make those adjustments, calm down. I mean, look, he's a rookie playing in a a home playoff game in the biggest game of his life, like, yeah, there was nerves. And it was clearly just nerves. Like, you could see it in his face. Like, he didn't look rattled. You just tell, like, he was like, the situation was really, really big, and he was nervous for it. Yep. And if you're not nervous for that, like, look at a lot of these first quarterbacks. Uh, you know, we're going to get another one in the next game. Like, these these rookie, not rookie, young quarterbacks in their first playoff game, the first halves weren't good for a lot of them. Yep. Um, but good for him to bounce back. Moving forward, I still think, out of, you know, all those the first game, this is the scariest team we saw all weekend, by far, not even close. And Seattle, I think it showed a lot of them how they fought for the first half, but at the end of the day, this is the best team in football as of right now, and the final score showed that. <clears throat> yeah, not concerned about Purdy at all. First half, like you said, a little weird on the slant routes, kind of forcing it in there. Uh, then he settled down. He looked great. I mean, the, t- the play that wasn't even a touchdown at the end of the game, rolls left, Makes a guy miss, runs all the way right, quick back steps and misses a guy, and then throws an absolute dart to the back pile on. And uh, AI just dropped it, who's phenomenal, though. He had a bad drop there, but uh, has really become one of the top receivers in the league that we don't really give enough credit to. And yeah, I mean, this is what we talked about before the season or the, before the playoffs started. The 49ers were our favorite, and this was why. Uh, so really impressive for them if you're Seattle. Pretty good fight in a game that you didn't really expect to be in at all. Um, I don't think Geno was that bad in this game either. I think he had one pick. Um, not as many nearly as missed throws or kind of throwing it up for grabs throws as I would have expected. Um, it looks like Godwin just fumbled and Malik Hooker is going to... Is he going to score? He might have been down. Oh, and then a huge cheap shot. This game's getting weird. Uh, yeah, so if you're the Seahawks, I wouldn't be upset. Stick with Geno probably for another year like we talked about um, and then just go from there. But yeah, this was about San Francisco not losing this game. So they were impressive. Yeah, and I think the other storyline for San Francisco is, you know, a lot of people are asking now, what do they do moving forward? You know, you have the rumors of Tom Brady, you still have Brock Purdy, you still have Trey Lance going into his third year of a rookie deal. Obviously a top three draft pick for them. 
So there's going to be a lot of question marks into the offseason. But now that we've seen that Brock Purdy, like if they lose this game or that first half, we see Brock Purdy play that same way in the second half and they, they pull it out, but it was close. And then next week they get run over. Like Brock Purdy, you kind of like take a step back with him. I don't know. This offseason, you kind of reevaluate. Yeah. But the way he played that second half, I think he's locked up next year. And I just want to talk about it right now. Like what do you do if you're Trey, or if you're the 49ers with Trey Lance? <clears throat> I think it's pretty. Because I, I have my answer. So my answer to start is Brock Purdy is the quarterback. Yeah. Like, you know, look, management, you can gladly go up to your owner and say, hey, yeah, we blew the third overall pick with that one. Not that he's a bust. We don't know yet because the guy hasn't played football in eight years because of COVID at North Dakota State and now this. Um, but, yeah, you know, we kind of missed there possibly. But we got a guy in the seventh round that we all believe now is legit and can win. And the owner's going to understand that and be okay with it. Two – be able to trade Trey Lance if you want. Um, I think you can keep him because I think he'd be a pretty great backup uh, at this point because I think Jimmy G's gone. I don't see them bringing in anyone else. Um, obviously, unless, you know, they draft Stetson Bennett like we all hope and dream. But I just think you keep Trey as a backup. And once his contract ends, you don't pick up his fifth year and you kind of let him go into free agency or you try to trade him this summer. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't. I really don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for them or big of a deal. It shouldn't be. Even if Brock goes out there next week and throws two picks and they lose. I think he's shown enough to be the guy and at least have a competition this summer. Uh, now, if Brady wants to come and all that, then that gets weird. But I, I don't think it's going to be as that complicated as maybe people make it out to be. I think on your first point, uh, if I'm GMs, I, if the owner comes to me with any concern, I say screw off because – it is hard to hit on a top 10 quarterback. We don't even know what this guy is. Just in terms of money okay. and resources well, yeah. to get up. Yeah. We don't know what this guy is. And the fact that you potentially hit on a seventh rounder, yep. you know, you move, you move, you get that. My thing is, I think you just trade him this offseason. The minimum, I believe, you get is a third round pick because there are so many question marks still. His ceiling can still be as high as you want it to be. And, you know, if you keep him as a backup, you have a big contract on a guy that you're not going to utilize and you get nothing for him. I think if you can get a second or third round pick uh, for where this team is at, that can be very beneficial because you're not looking for star players right now. You're looking for role players moving forward, obviously. So I think that you just move off in this offseason. You just kind of take whatever dead cap hit you have and, and you go forward. This seems at a really good spot. seems like Brock pretty perfectly fits the system. There's questions about Trey Lance at the beginning of the year. He never really showed you anything. Um, and if you kind of want to run this offense with Brock Purdy, I think your backup needs to be a Brock Purdy s quarterback. You you can't run this. It, it didn't look like you could run this offense with Trey Lance. So even if he is like, you know, talent-wise a good backup, I just think that if anything happens to Brock Purdy, you bring him in, everything's got to change a little bit to, to meet Trey Lance's strengths. So I just think you take a second or a third. I think it'll be a similar market to Josh Rosen. Um, you're going to get a second-day pick for him and, and – continue yeah i just think it's gonna be a little hard to trade trey lance because he's going into year three he's never played football before literally hasn't played football in like four years now yeah um and you're gonna have jimmy g on the market you're gonna have wentz on the market you're gonna have Derek carr in the market you've got four first round quarterbacks coming into this draft class um and then you've got another guy that we'll get to later that's going to be a prized possession as well so i, I mean yeah I, I i do think if they can trade him they should i, I just think it's going to be harder to get him on a team yeah. for a team to believe in him. Well, it's just, I think of like a team like the Ravens, right? You already have, well, yeah, that's actually you already have a, an offense that's built for a guy to his strengths. If you don't get Lamar, you can, you can give up a, like, like I said, a day two, maybe if, if the lowest he'll go for is a fourth, just because he is a third overall pick that we do not know about. Uh-huh. And 
it's kind of a thing where you get a guy in a rookie year for two years. If he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. He's going to be better than Huntley, I would like to imagine. Um, if you don't get Lamar, you don't get Lamar. And you kind of have a two-year plan. If he, if he, nothing works, you can move off of him. It's kind of a, a very, very low-risk opportunity. You say, I'm getting a top 10 talent at quarterback for that low of a draft pick and no no risk in terms of the cap hit or the, or the amount of commitment you have to have long-term. Yeah, that's actually the perfect team. That's probably the only team. Maybe New Orleans, but yeah, I would I would say Ravens. Yeah, if that would be the team, then yeah, that makes sense. I would do that. So I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but yeah, anything that, else on this game? No, that that was for me. That was the thing mm. conversation the most. I really didn't have much to say about. The this only game. other thing I have is coaches can get a little weird as good as they are and as brilliant as Kyle Shanahan is. We saw um, you know when he was Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. Obviously in the Super Bowl, he got a little weird. He's gotten a little weird with time management uh, in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs that they lost. Uh, in other games and then this game not a big deal but you know just something to think about in the decision making he does um the squib kicked and the half that got the oh my gosh tom that got the seahawks the ball on their own uh 40 instead of just kicking it out of the end zone and then you get a personal foul and then seattle steals three points at the end of the half that's a big deal in a game that could mean a lot more yeah. coming down the road it won't be a play exactly like that but just kind of remind yourself that you know, sometimes Shanahan and some of these coaches can get a little weird. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that here soon. Yeah, so just a thought for that. And talking about coaches that should never coach again, yeah. here yeah. come the Chargers. Yeah. It's yeah. called the Bozo Dubbed Over Award sponsored by Nathaniel Hackett. And it's going to stay that way. But don't you dare think we <sighs> forgot who this was initially created for. Brandon Staley, I mean, it was it was, it was was bad on all – I mean, it was just such a – accumulation of everything that he's done that led up to what happened. Um, Sorry, the, yeah, the football was just hitting that thing of Jake. Football. Football's going down. Uh, just an accumulation of everything that's going to happen. Happened with last week with Mike Williams getting hurt and they don't have him. And you saw in the second half they refused to run the ball for some reason and kept throwing with Herbert. And just like we thought, when this game got tight, Herbert had no one else to throw to when Keenan Allen wasn't open and there was only so much he could do. Uh, but, you, I mean, the, the Chargers are given an absolute gift, right? Trevor Lawrence comes out and has four interceptions on his first, what, 10 attempts? Um, yeah. Something we've like really never seen before. And then the second, he kind of figures it out, and they score, and they're starting to get a little momentum. They fumble the punt. And then the Chargers go up 27-7 to seven at that Potentially point. Potentially the ability to go up 31 to nothing. Yes, yes. And they settle. They got it on the six? Yep, settle for three there. So they go up 27 nothing, And the whole time, we were all kind of sitting there like, I mean, I took the Jaguars then. It was a little bit because I had already bet them and I was mad. But, like, I, I still didn't give up on it. And it was mainly because I knew the coaches on each sideline. Yeah, 100%. And sure enough, then once we get what we've talked about all season was, yeah, did the Jags overpay for their guys? Yes, that part is true. Uh, but the guys they overpaid for, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, were huge in bringing them back. And Christian Kirk is oh my the God. player of that game. Oh, my God. And, I mean, he didn't even have – Ingram had 7 for 93 and a touchdown – uh, Christian Kirk, the final two drives, I think, caught every ball. Yes. Um, yeah, at least six, it seemed like. So, yeah, here we, yeah, Evan Ingram, seven for 93, a touchdown. Christian Kirk, eight for 78, a touchdown. Zay Jones, eight for 74, a touchdown. Uh, and those are three guys that were, you know, overpaid, yes, but that they they hit. It worked, and this is what their reward is. Um, incredible performance by Trevor Lawrence to kind of bounce back. That is really not easily mentally to overcome that and play the way he did after that. Uh, but yeah, this game's about the coaches. You have one on one side that's, you know, I guess you could say, Justin, that they're two ballsy coaches. 
Like, Doug Peterson takes risks all the time, fourth yeah. downs and all that. But the way they do it and the way that teams believe in them is so different. And that was the difference here in this game. Like, it was, it was a Dougie masterclass in the second half, and Staley had no answers. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where to, I just have a lot of thoughts, obviously. I, I don't think there's anybody that's been so more anti-Staley than me. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, yeah, shout out Doug Peterson. Always love Doug Peterson. Yep. If I could get any audio from halftime, I, I would personally love it because yep. I don't know what he said, but it clearly worked, especially to Trevor Lawrence. And I just think that shows a lot about Trevor Lawrence. Like, here's a guy who didn't have it easy as rookie year, struggled at times this year, and truly his, I would say, like, you kind of had to throw last year to the trash. And like, this is kind of like his rookie year, and he struggled at times, but he's one of the best prospects we've ever seen for yeah. su- such a long time, and he's always performed and you kind of see him come out that way, and then you're like, oh, God, like, what is Trevor Lawrence now? What what questions are we asking? What answers do we have? Yep. And none of it's good. And the way he responded, that's hard. Mm-hmm. No matter what, oh no matter God. how much ta- no matter who you are, to throw that many picks, especially to one guy. And what, there was one that was, the first one was, like, batted up in the air, and I feel like the last, the sec- the last three, especially the last two, were just awful throws. Like, he was rattled. Uh, and just kind of come out, reset, and respond, and... He was making every single throw in the second half, so shout out to him too. But yeah, in terms of the uh, the Chargers, look, did Herbert play a good game? No. But he's not the reason that they lost. God, no. No, 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 no. There are so many other things. Number one, I always called him Mike Lombardi. I guess it's Joe Lombardi. I don't know. Idiot Lombardi, who doesn't deserve that I name. I think there's a Mike Lombardi out there. There is. That's why I think he's a he's an analyst for like NFL. He's yeah. on Twitter. Anyways, Joe Lombardi. Um, Like... That's what we always talked about is they don't play with a lead. They do not play to win the game. Yep. I thought my dad was going to call me. He didn't because he likes to do this. He called me after the Georgia TCU game and he's like, what did I always tell you as a kid? You always keep your foot on the pedal because if you play to not lose the game, you're going to lose. And like, that's how the Chargers play football, which is why when you said like, he always had this thing and it's, you're, you're like feeling where you're like, this isn't over. And that's why, because all year we've seen the Chargers not be able to close out games. They, they Everything stays close. And the reason why this game got to a 27-0 lead, could have been more, was because of just turnovers and, and luck going their way. Yep. And when that didn't happen in the second half, we saw the true Chargers team, which is conservative passing calls. Not conservative offense, because conservative offense is you run the ball more than seven times in a half. You run the seven, you run the ball seven times at least in a quarter. You're throwing the football to guys who are third stringers because Palmer also got hurt. Yep. And uh you're doing like when you also one of those attempts was a jet sweep on like what third and one? Third and one jet sweep. Which is saw that a couple of times this weekend. Yeah, I hate I hate that play call. This yep. is my second least favorite play call. It's just the the play calling was abysmal, and if you want to win a game up that much, like you have to be smart about the clock. One thing I can say about Herbert, I don't know if it's coaching, I don't know if it's Herbert, but like Bill Simmons said it, they weren't letting the play clock run down. Like think about that. If you're not snap, if, if, if when you that halftime conversation has to be if that play clock's running, you let it go all the way down. You don't break the huddle until sixteen. No, and those those twenty seconds, I learned that three like first, second, and third down, snapping the ball at twenty seconds, that's a minute. That's a minute every single set of set of downs yep. that you're letting that you're letting stay on the clock. Those add up over time. I don't know what that was. And Staley, Bill Simmons, I I listened to him today because I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts today. He kind of mocked my opinion, but 
but I had it written down at 7 a.m. this morning. And I go, if you're Staley, you have to play analytics like, or you have to play analytics like blackjack now. I understand that every single t- situation is different. That's different for 31 coaches in the NFL. Staley has always, always, always gone for it on fourth down when the analytics say to do it. Always. He has always done it. When it's the stupidest thing in the world, they lose the game because he goes for it on fourth down on their own 20-yard line. He's always done it. And I have mocked him for it. And to not go for it on fourth and three and no man territory yep. to seal the game pretty yep. much makes no sense because they what kicked a field goal and ended up missing it. Even if you don't get it, right? It's still a six-point game or whatever. Or set, was it a seven-point game? Six-point? It was a 10-point game. Wait, what was it? No. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a ten point game, and they go, they kicked a field goal and missed it. Jacksonville got the ball back, scored two point conversion, yes. came down. So yeah, it's a ten point game. If you don't get it, you're, it's still a ten point game. Instead, like there's the the opportunity to miss a field goal is also there. If you get that and you score a touchdown or even take off more time and then kick a field goal, like that game sealed. So I I just don't understand how the entirety of your career. You always are the fourth down go for a guy when analytics say it. And the one time in the playoffs that you finally make it there, when the analytics, I would assume, clearly say, go for it, you don't, that doesn't make sense to me. And everything else, just like the little things, the defense, the it, it just made no sense. There's so much I could talk about and break down. But at the end of the day, this is a failure of play calling and this is a failure of coaching. And I saw rumors that Staley's going to stay and they're going to fire like pretty much the coaching staff. I think they'll get better for it because Lombard. I don't do just bring in somebody who like bring in somebody who's a gunslinger yeah. like on offense, yeah. and because if this thing stays, I have a comparison for Herbert. I have my Herbert. This is who he is in the NFL for his career. You can keep going, Dan Marino. That's what we're on track for right now. Because what are we going to say? What do our dads always say when they talk about quarterbacks? Quick, uh, about Dan Marino or just in Well, it's just like when they talk about quarterbacks of their generation, they always talk about Dan Marino had is one of the most talented players quickest I've ever release. seen in my life. Yeah, quickest release. Like arm talent, amazing. Like he he just, he was so, so good. Mm-hmm. Dan Marino is going to be forgotten in history because like once our parents pass away, Dan Marino is going to be forgotten in football history because he never won anything. Yep. There's not going to be anybody to have the conversation of what if Dan Marino won, won a Super Bowl? That's what Justin Herbert is on pace right now. And it's because of Brandon Staley and Lombardi and all of that. Because our generation, we're going to be six years old telling our sons, like, man, Justin Herbert, his arm talent was something I still haven't seen. And once we die, they're going to have no one to talk about Justin Herbert anymore. Yep. So I think Justin Herbert at this point is going to be Dan Marino. And look, did he play a good game? No, he didn't. But at the end of the day, how many young quarterbacks this weekend played a great game? for 60 minutes because no. I, I have my answer and it's one. one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't even know. I could talk about those game forever. We could rant about it forever. I think it comes to vindication. I cannot believe that the Chargers are keeping him. I cannot believe it if they truly do. No. That makes no sense to me. Ownership is cheap. I mean, literally Sean Payton's right there and he would he would come in a, in a second. And guess who wins the Super Bowl next year? Yeah. I would, I would put a future on it yep. right now. Yep. Uh, let's not forget he's having Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, so you're also getting him. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, as well said. And clock management I, that's on the quarterback and the and the coach. Yeah, um, like there was there was blame for Herbert, but you can't was, say he's the reason they lost. No, no, no. And there's other clock management issues in other games too. It was just so weird, and um, you know it comes down to that the fourth deci- fourth down decision he doesn't go for it. Then if you watch Benjamin Solak on his Twitter account, uh, his breakdown of the Jaguars 
run on fourth and one to win the game that got them in field goal position. An awesome breakdown. Uh, goes back so to good. week three when the Jags play the Chargers on a crucial fourth and one, pretty much at the exact same spot on the field. Um, the situation was a little different. I think the Jaguars were up by like two. Um, but basically came out in the exact same personnel and ran a very similar play. They just switched the formation of that personnel. And it was basically to get Asante Samuel Jr., which we should give a little shout out to. Incredible game. Um, incredible first half. In- incredible yeah. first half. I mean, y- your defense did enough at that point to win. Yeah. Um, and they isolated him on both runs, and, and he didn't want any part of it. You can't blame him for that. He's like a five-six corner. So it's like in seventh grade football, Coach Ogle said, "If Buckman has to make the tackle, our defense failed." <laughs> that's that's what the Asante Samuel rule. But you know, be. the corner shouldn't be put in that situation in that part of the game, anyways. So. Yeah, it was a crazy game. Um, yeah, oh, and then Staley didn't have Joey Bosa out there at the end, which was nuts. I, I, I still don't know if he got benched or if he got disqualified. We still can't tell if anyone knows. Let's if, know if, if we look, get it. If he was I, – I was I literally spent I lo- 30 minutes today looking up articles, and I never got an answer. No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did because – I never saw one thing saying he I got ejected. I looked up Joey Bosa disqualified. I looked up Joey Bosa ejected on Twitter to try to find the key. I couldn't find it. If he got benched, that is the dumbest move I've ever seen in NFL history. Yep. So – Nuts game, really good for the Jaguars, really fun for them, and now their reward is to go to Arrowhead and play Patrick Mahomes. So, um, really fun season, Jacksonville. That is definitely farther than you probably expected to go, so congratulations. And I I will say, I'm very excited for divisional round breakdown because I have a lot of thoughts on the AFC. Yep. And I know we're going to, I'm, I'm obviously going to get into some today. I'm trying to hold off on future matchups because we know we know every matchup. I'm yeah, trying to hold it off to save it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's... I the AFC right now, I my eyes are wide open. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting because no one really looked great. Uh, so yeah, that's that one. On to Sunday, Sunday. Speaking one of people who didn't look great, Sunday one o'clock, the Bills come out and they're absolutely rolling. They're playing the backup Skylar Thompson's. Uh, the Skylar Thompson's offense, Waddle can't catch a pass anymore. Tyreek Hill can't catch passes. Bills go up fourteen nothing. They get the ball back. They fly down the field. Knox. Drops a touchdown. You're like, whatever, not a big deal. Gets to 17 to nothing. And then the game got really weird. Got really weird. Josh Allen threw two picks. Dolphins got a touchdown and two-point conversion in the half. They come out of the second half. Josh Allen fumbles the ball. Dolphins scoop and score it for a touchdown when the ball goes all the way to the end zone. Um, and this really came down to the last place. And it was, it was an awful, awful performance by the Bills. It felt like a regular season game the whole time because you didn't really believe the Dolphins could win. And then it kind of hit you at the end, realizing, like, oh, if they win, you know, the, the Bills are out. Like, they are eliminated. Yeah. And it was, like, such an unbelievable thing to understand and look at because they're two touchdown favorites playing a, a dead-in-the-water team with a third-string quarterback. Uh, and, and Josh Allen almost handed it to him. And big credit to Mike McDaniel for getting his team back in it uh, and having them ready to go, uh, even though they started slow. The clock management thing was an issue at the end. I, I, I can't – I've never seen a game – with so many plays where the play clock went to zero, they snapped the ball, and then the refs had to, like, stop the play. It happened, like, ten times, I think. Or there was one where they snapped the ball, but the line judge was yep. looking at Sean McDermott, yep. and Sean McDermott got the timeout, and after the, the snap was called, but they still blew the play dead. It was an absolute mess. It was an absolute mess. And the fourth and one, they didn't get the play, and they got to delay a game. And, yeah, that's on McDaniels for not having the plays ready and getting them in on time, but... You're also working with a third stringer in that environment, and it's not easy. So uh, I credit McDaniels and don't hold anything against him for you know that kind of stuff late in the game. Uh, but if you're the Bills, man, you should be concerned. Very. You should be concerned. 
And Justin, you have not been a Josh Allen fan since the New York Jets game. Well, even and, even before that, I remember yeah. like week three, I was like, this guy's off this year. Yep. And he's still being shaky. And it might cost him a, a, a shot at the Super Bowl now. So This this game, uh, I wrote down notes since we didn't have as much. And it, literally my first thing I have written down is Josh Allen needs to relax. Yep. Like the first, what, quarter pretty much was the let the, let the game come to you, Josh Allen. Playing the system, it's all going to be okay. Yep. After that, it was just turnover city for him. Like that, the fumble, the strip sack, like that. That's a that's a ball you have to hold on to as a quarterback. That wasn't. I'm. I have a guy on my blind side. I start my throwing motion, and the ball comes out. Yep. Like that was. You're getting wrapped up, and all of a sudden the ball falls out. And the two picks. I mean, I, maybe I can recall wrong. Both his fault. Like I don't remember one what, a thousand percent. The other one, I mean, probably. But yeah. Yeah. So it's just because well the other one was like a taunt. I guess it was just a deep ball that was just yeah it was still a bad pass, um and and that is what kept the Dolphins in this game. Like credit Mike McDaniel, credit Skylar Thompson for like I guess not doing anything crazy stupid, um and I really at points like you said having his wide receivers almost fail him like they there was he did make throws that were dropped, um but without these turnovers this is a this is a twenty five point blowout like this game is completely over and. The Bills, you know, first of all, their defense struggled against a third stringer, and even though they weren't put in the best spot every time, it's just turnovers, turnovers, turnovers are what kept them in the game. And you saw the change in Josh Allen when he went from, I am going to let the game come to me, to I am going to carry this team to win. Yeah. Josh, you're playing a third string Dolphins team. How many times did you say that? You don't have to do that. And now you get nervous because you're playing a Bengals team who we're going to get into who didn't look good, but you're nervous. How does he react now? In the divisional round, because if he keeps this up, what you're not you're playing Joe Burrow next week. Yeah, if done. you do that same thing, it's out. it's a ten point loss, completely on him. And if I'm a, like you said, if I'm if I'm a Bills fan right now, I'm nervous because everything just looked weird. Like even they had like really really bad clock management, and Sean McDermott was calling awful timeouts where it was like. Like there was a timeout. The timeout was a fourth down at first. The timeout would have gotten the ball on their own thirty. They, they and ran the, the play and it was incomplete. Yeah, but then they re, then they run it again mm-hmm. and they get it mm-hmm. or the Dolphins get it. And the other timeout was I'm pretty sure they got a first down and yeah. they had to replay the down and they didn't get it yep. or something like that. So like Sean McDermott was looking weird. I don't know what it was, but not good. And don't it, forget the first possession of the game. Josh Allen like fake flips it and dropped the ball. Yes. And it just happened to go out of bounds. Yes. Opening drive. Hit it off of his knee. Yeah. And like, we've talked about it all year with him. Like, yes, you need Josh Allen to be Josh Allen because that's what makes him him. However, you can't do that. Like, that's not it. Like, that's not it. You you do Josh Allen things when the game is on the line. Do your hurdles and do yeah. your, your crazy. Yeah. But not, you know, fake flipping the ball six yards downfield. Like, Daniel, you do the pump fake. You can always do the pump fake. 20 yards downfield, do the pump fake. They'll jump because yeah. it's a human instinct to do that. The flip with one arm and you're putting the ball down now basically no that's you're at like you're a chop away now from that thing falling out so he just needs to reel it in because yeah they'll they'll for sure he could play great next week and they can lose like the Bengals are a good team so it's it's just like if you look at Patrick Mahomes okay and yeah I'm gonna compare the two because everyone compares the two yeah Patrick Mahomes is this crazy Patrick Mahomes get things a lot like like a lot of his craziest plays are a when it's it happens like once a game or B when he has to do it. Like think about that Super Bowl when he was throwing the ball parallel to the ground. Oh my God. Like he had to make that. He had to do that. The game's on the line. Yeah. When he blows out the Raiders, 
it's not Patrick Mahomes trying to put the team on his back. It's just Patrick Mahomes letting the offense be the offense. Letting Andy Reid just do Andy Reid things. Like, Josh, just let just let the boys do Julio it. Julio Jones, let... sorry. Did you catch here, it? here we go. Here come the fourth quarter box. Uh-oh. Oh, two. <laughs> yep, here. Right here. I, if it... I hope they do. I'm sorry to cut you off. Like, the Cowboys, they lost four points. Yeah, it'd be the funniest thing ever. I'd laugh really hard. I'd laugh really, really hard. What, does he have it? Julio, one, two. Knee. Oh, yeah. Does he? Mm, yeah, he's got it. Uh, yeah, touchdown. If you're the NFL, too, you're. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. And you're also, hey, Dallas, let him get it. Yeah. Let him get the two. Uh, but yeah, but yeah I mean, it's we, just. We, we're beating on him. Yeah. It's, mean, it's, because it, it's so bad that you have to. And yeah. I said it to you. I said it to you when it was a 10 nothing game. I, 10 nothing game. I go, this loss would be. If the Bills hypothetically lost here, we know it's not going to be close because it was 10 nothing at that point. Yep. This would be a worse loss than the Chargers blowing a 27-0 lead. Yep. And they almost did lose it. And it was one of the worst playoff wins I've ever seen, I feel like. But a win is a win is a win, and we don't apologize for that. That's tough. 24-6. That was a big miss. Yeah. No, they're moving on. Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone says in the playoffs, you don't have to win by style points. Nope. And certainly, they did not. Um, yeah. So, and if you're the Dolphins... We'll see what happens with them quarterback-wise. Um, they obviously came out and already said two is our guy for next year, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't mean a thing right now. So that's another team that, you know, we saw what they did right there with the weapons and talent they have. Jalen Phillips on the defensive side. and Like, they have enough talent to hang in that game and credit to them, so they could be good in years to come. Next one, Giants 31, Vikings 20. Uh, real quick, I thought, what about trailing to the Dolphins with two S retire? I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean, just Mike McDaniel. Knows him. Yeah, he knows him. So, so if he likes if if they got these him, are, these are two would, these are two AFC teams for the Niners to trade with. So you don't feel as bad. Yeah, it would certainly be telling if they went out and got him because that means McDaniel's would really believe in him, which would make me an immediate believer in him as well. Yes. So yeah. Uh yeah. So continuing on Giants. Uh, I assume you're going to hand me the mic. Certainly don't need it. Uh, so this game went exactly how I thought it was going to. Yeah. The first drive though had me nervous because Justin Jefferson was. Uh, doing Justin Jefferson things. Mm-hmm. However, he didn't touch the ball after that. No. And we were dominant on offense. Like, I don't really have much to say besides I could just spew Daniel Jones love comments all day, but like that was the best football game I've seen from Daniel Jones ever. Uh, that was the best football game I've seen from a Giants quarterback since like 2011, Eli Manning in the NFC Championship game. Like that game was awesome. He was doing everything. And I... I don't remember a bad play from him. I remember tight window throws, but they were never like that should have been picked. Maybe there is one. I don't remember it. Daniel Jones played phenomenal. And then defensively, like we kind of did our job. TJ Hawkinson was was beating us, but like it look, if you're playing the Vikings and TJ Hawkinson's the one beating you, you're kind of like, okay, thank the Lord. Because it's not Dalvin Cook, it's not Adam Thielen, it's not Justin Jefferson. And our defensive players were staying up, like Wink put a masterclass. On how to cover Justin Jefferson. Every time you saw Justin Jefferson, twenty nine was in the was in the picture. Like after that first drive, Xavier McKinney was just they were just bracketing Justin Jefferson the entire game, completely shut him out. I think he had you know with six catches, it was like three of them were on the first drive and two of them were on the last drive. So he was out of it. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, I don't know why he's only first team. I mean second team All Pro. Uh, I feel like he should be a first teamer. I don't know if it was Aaron Donald. That would just be because. It's his name. That's dumb. Uh, he was throwing around Bradbury yeah. at every time. It was a man against a boy. Kayvon got held every play. I don't know. I was complaining about it one time, and you mm-hmm. just didn't react. Is it, did you I didn't, I didn't understand. I, I, I don't – yeah, I didn't know. What, I've never seen that before. 
Yeah, like is it? A, he was basically. I was just, I was just getting mad because Kayvon no, held like, everywhere. I, I didn't know how to say. I the lineman had like two hands on Kayvon's back. Like Thibodeau was covered up by the lineman's hands. I didn't know what they were calling it, but. Yeah. I, I, I thought our defensive line, like, we only had to do a four-man rush, it seemed like, the entire game, and we were able to get pressure on Kirk, which was awesome. So Wink put on a masterclass, which we had to do for us to win. And, yeah, offensively, the biggest thing we said was, if for the New York Giants, there's no reason to not be aggressive calling plays. And that was the most aggressive play calling I've seen from us all year. It was just trusting Daniel Jones, and I absolutely loved it. The only scary thing we had on offense was the old Darius Slayton drop in the fourth quarter on a game-winning pass which we've seen so many times as Giants fans. Mm-hmm. That was the only scary thing. But hey, for the first time, we got through it. Shout out Kenny Galladay for a pancake block, getting like three reps, really big block for us. Saquon Barkley looked like the Saquon Barkley in his first game ever in the NFL against the Jaguars. I mean, that, that offensive performance was the best offensive performance I, th- I might have ever seen from a New York Giants football team, except for when we played the Saints like in 2016 and we, won, we scored by yeah. 60 points and lost, I think, still. Um, it was awesome. And I, that's really obvious. I mean, defensively, shout out Cordell Flott for the very end, getting that big pass breakup on uh, um, uh, KJ Osborne. That was huge. And yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about this team all day. I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to reel it in because otherwise I'm just going to keep talking in circles. But I really have two things to say. First of all, everyone seems talking about, oh, Daniel Jones, like he's elite, blah, blah, blah. Like if you've watched Daniel Jones play, like – Personally, I've always said it like I was fine with us moving off him in the offseason because at what point do you keep playing with him? But the potential was always there. I've always said it. There was potential. There was flashes like this kid has it. And it's clearly just shown that like Dabble's offense brings his strengths. And that's what you need sometimes with a coach. Like he has always been physical. He's always had a great arm. He's always had great touch. And he just had like things that were like fumbling issues and like maybe just like reading the defense better issues. But this offense has just kind of brought out all of his strengths and limited the weaknesses that he's had. And it's awesome to see. And yeah, he did earn a long-term deal now. And and he does deserve all the love. Um, but let's not sit here and act like there, it was always negative until yesterday because there was potential all the time. And just yesterday kind of brought a full picture, brought out all the strengths. Um, but I'm happy for him because this guy has had three coordinators in four years. He has had awful head coaches. He's been put in an awful position. He's had awful offense, awful offensive lines. He still doesn't even have a receiving core. And it's just to kind of show it all come together. I'm really happy for him, and he deserves all the love. Um, and then, yeah, on the Vikings side, this is what we knew was going to happen all year, was the defense was going to let him down. It's hard to, when you have that powerful of an offense, you just need the defense to hold a team under 30 points, and they weren't able to do that. And I, I think the biggest thing right now that's being talked about is the fourth down throw by Kirk. Mm-hmm. And I have something to say. Yeah, I'm more mad at the play call than Kirk. Because if you look at the plays, I was watching the dots. It was two go routes, a post, and then the check down. Yeah. I just feel like in fourth and eight, two go routes isn't, isn't the best thing. And also at Kirk, he had a four-man pressure get to him immediately and he got the ball to tj hawkinson on a one-on-one where if he beats the guy it is a first down so is the check down no but at he had two seconds before there was pressure on him i just i just personally think in a fourth and eight situation two go routes isn't the route 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 tree is it is it a good throw no but at what i just don't know where else he was supposed to go with the ball i just don't i mean two go routes in a post just throw it up to one of them pick one remember i mean he did it against the bills he threw it up and just yeah he did he did just threw it up 
And if you're going to throw it to TJ Hawkinson, let's put it on a rope then to give him the chance to because he lobbed it in the air. And by the time he was catching the ball, the, the lob though for me was just that he had literally he was getting his ankles yeah. stopped. Well, so lob it up twenty yards further. So yeah, no, I I, I hear your take. I don't and know. also we can't if you're a Vikings fan like it. That's not what lost you guys the game. So that's my other thing is like you can't. Everyone too is like the oh they need to move off Kirk. Like Kirk played phenomenal this season. He played phenomenal that game. He had zero turnovers. He. I mean, besides like what the middle or the second quarter, like he was scoring on every single drive. Mm -hmm. He did everything he had to do. So the fact that the only thing we're talking about with Kirk Cousins is a fourth and eight throw that isn't a game winning throw. It's just the game deciding throw at this point. Like the game could have carried on, but that's what at the end, that's what lost it. I I, I just think it's not fair to Kirk the hate that he's getting today. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. That's going to happen. It's the last play we see. He is who he is. But yeah, I mean, you're right because... He certainly didn't lose them the game. They had a great year, a uh, great season. But it's not too surprising because I don't even know anyone that had the Vikings winning this game. Like no. this was the vibe all along. Once that, uh, you know, what's going to be really interesting here is if they get an incompletion, uh, do they kick a field goal? I was wondering that. Uh, but this is what we saw all along. Like once the Giants got to actually play them too, I think it was so beneficial in the way it happened. You're like, okay, you knew right then and there. We pretty much knew the Giants were going to come back there in four weeks and they were going to beat them. And that's what happened. I think for myself. And for many others, not only did Daniel Jones prove to everyone how elite and truly good he was, but I think the Giants have also become this kind of, um, in the cheesy way, like kind of grabbed everyone's hearts too. And that's not really a position that a New York team is usually kind of in, where they're kind of this, I mean, I get that Eli has always been the underdog and stuff, but people still like typically want big markets to fail. Uh, So the fact that like they do have kind of this underdog feel to them with Dabble in his first year and Daniel Jones being this innocent guy that's starting to figure it out in front of everyone's eyes. It's kind of cool. And everyone, I think, is kind of pulling for the Giants now. Um, but, yeah, this was a great game. And we kind of joke all along about what could Daniel Jones do when he has weapons. I think he has weapons. So I think that narrative has to change. Like, Hodgins is a legit receiver in the NFL. Um, like, Slayton's a legit receiver. Richie James is a legit, legit receiver. Could it be better? Duh. But I, I think that we've also just not given enough credit to these weapons um, as much as Dabble and Kafka and Jones have lifted them. Because uh, at the end of the day, they have to still make, make these plays, and they've done it time and time again as the season has progressed. Um, and that's, that's, that's the game. Um, sorry, the Isaiah Hodges. First of all, he's a wide receiver one. He, he's phenomenal. Uh, I, the dumbest tweet I saw yesterday was, the Bills cut Isaiah Hodgins. It's like, no shit, dude. They, he had Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis yeah, in they, front of him. How, they, how would you know? They, yeah, like, sorry. If you're a Bills fan, guess what? You're not bad right now. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that was the dumbest tweet I saw all of that. That means in practice squad, he would literally have to be scoring every play to get noticed. <laughs> like, But yeah, if you're the Vikings, you don't have to be that upset. Whatever. Good season. Um, your defense is going to get better. you got to fire your defensive coordinator. Uh, they got to switch some things up so that their efficiency and DVOAs are better, so that their one luck score thing isn't the only reason they're winning. But yeah, excited for the Giants. Huge matchup that will break down, I'm sure, a lot uh, the next one. But the Giants are moving on, just like we all thought. Fun fact. In my memorable lifetime, because I don't remember 2000, uh, every single time the Giants have won a playoff game, we've won the Super Bowl that year. Because we've only had two years where we've won a playoff game yeah. in my life. I mean, and you've technically so, been the worst seed most of the time, right? Uh, 2007, we won the division. I think we were the four seed. Mm. Did we win the division? No, that was 2011. Sorry, we won the division. We were the four seed. We played the Falcons. Falcons. 2007, we were the six seed six or something. Seed. Sure, no. Yep. Beat the Bucks. Beat the Cowboys. It's the vibes you beat want. It's the vibes you the want. The Packers. Okay. And the final one. 
Bengals 24, Ravens 17. Yeah. Um, the Bengals looked really bad. Except for the first drive, which had the same thoughts of the Bills yeah. game where it was like, this game's over. And then I, yeah, I mean, hits the fan. This was just the game where you said if, if you're taking the Ravens, you said we're going to run the ball, we're going to play good defense, we're going to keep the ball away from Joe Burrow and try to have a shot at the end. And they did it to a T. Uh, it just came down to red zone execution, obviously. Um, the Huntley play was really bad, and I feel bad for him. I do too. You can't reach that far away. No. It, it was dumb. I, 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 but it's easy to say that now. Like He's athletic enough, too, where like, if he did it and got in, everyone would have been like, this is so sick. So. Also, that guy who wasn't Wilson or something was so low. Like he probably just was like, it's a split second decision. He saw a window and he was probably like, oh, I'm gonna get it. And yep. he probably saw Trevor Lawrence the night before do it. Yep. So and, in and the back of his head. Look, there's been many times where we've seen that play and they've hit the ball out and they've blown the whistle and blown it dead. And it should have been a fumble. And they should have yeah. been ran back and they've called it off. And they didn't call this one off. Uh they shouldn't have. Um I respect the hell out of Mark Andrews on that play. I mean, busted his ass to try to go get Hubbard. Uh, he, he kind of got clipped, but yeah, you, you can't call a flag. Um, Gus Edwards was loafing, so that kind of looked bad. But I mean, Mark Andrews tried his ass off to get him, it didn't work out. It ends up being the difference in the game and the final score of twenty-four to seventeen. And I think for the Bengals, I'm a little less worried about them. Um, I I would agree. It's divisional opponents. Did they divisional opponent that you played seven days ago? Yeah, and it, that's just weird. It's just weird. They don't have the best run defense, so you thought the Ravens could have the formula to hang in there. Guys were dropping like flies. Yep. So and Huntley played uh, actually a, a decent football game for what we expected. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he played well. I mean, he played it, well enough to win. Like until yeah. that play, that play was the, if the Ravens score there, I, I really don't know the way. I, think I mean, I watched the highlight. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure Burrow would have been good enough at the end, but I don't know. Like, I mean, it, how many? I'm just. I was struggling. Like, I don't even know what was going on with their offense. Like, they just weren't. They didn't even turn the ball over. No, just they weren't. The they weren't driving at I, all. And it's been a good, it's been a really good Ravens defense for multiple weeks now. So it was kind of leading up to this. They got Peters back. They were getting healthy at the right time. The Bengals have now lost three starting offensive linemen in the last three weeks. Yeah, uh, which is really concerning. Uh, maybe not in this next game, but for the future. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those. I think if you're Cincy, a little concerning, but not nearly to the Buffalo degree or anyone else. Where you're like, you know what? It's our it's our biggest rival. We won for the second time in 14 days against them, and for the third time this year. Ah, uh, we played him like. Let's just go. To yeah, it's also John Harbaugh. Like, yeah. it's you're playing a you're playing a coach with he he can do anything he wants and put them in yeah. a chance to win a game. Like, and, and most cappers and betters in the world had Baltimore. Like, I mean, I, I I thought it was gonna be a blowout, but I mean, people were like, yeah, this is the Ravens have the team, the coaching, the formula to do it, and they win a game. So or to win the game. Um, but the Bengals hang on. Uh, a lot of the news early on before was Lamar did not travel with the team. I think in most cases, Taylor Lewan has explained it. You don't travel with the team if you're hurt. Um, now, I'm sure they can make exceptions for their star quarterback, but clearly this was more of that Lamar's done. Yeah. And it's sad. It's sad. And I hope the RG3 tweet made me sad where he's like, Lamar, don't play. That, look what happened to me. But It was all – I think he has a different injury than, than RG3 had. What, you think his was less significant? I, I don't know. I just I – because – RG3 was playing on literally like a torn ACL, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just, I don't think that's what Lamar well, had. No. Because Mike no, Vick I, said, put a knee brace on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just glad that someone came out and had his back kind of because oh, even that. I'm like the, believe me, if I was a Ravens fan, I'd have been a little upset. Like the suck it up play, it's the playoff. But like, I'm, get your money and you got to protect your money. Like, 
Lamar shouldn't have played that game. I stand by Lamar. Like, this is on the Ravens for not getting this guy paid. Like, you you, you put yourself in this spot. Um, and Lamar is definitely going to be on the, It sounds like the plan is going to be franchise tagged and traded um, this offseason. And, you know, the, the, the Jets pretty much are already at the front door waiting to try to get him. Um, so it's just the end of kind of an era there that shouldn't be ended, I feel like, and kind of weird. And J.K. Dobbins, I'm sure he'll be fine, but very upset at the end of the game, as he should Which have Which wasn't fair to Huntley. I was kind of pissed about that. Yeah, I don't think he was mad at Huntley. I, I, I mean, I think I mean ten plays in the inside the fifteen, zero carries for Dobbins. Um, I'm sure it came off that way. I think and it's also like he just lost the playoff game. They're getting putting mics in your face. Like you're probably gonna say something. And also, shit. well, my thing is, is it wasn't like they weren't running the ball. Yeah, the, it's they've always split carries in Baltimore. Yeah, and Gus Edwards has always been more of a goal line guy. Like yeah. it's AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Like when do you, when does Aaron Jones get red zone touches? You know. So I, I just look, yeah, I understand like emotions are high. Yeah. Have I ever said every have I always said everything's smart in emotional times? No. Have I ever been in can I imagine myself saying everything's smart after an emotional playoff loss? No. I just think that the way he said it, it wasn't fair to Huntley because like, yeah, if we have Lamar, we win. That's true. And it's just I don't think that's fair to Huntley because and then when he's also saying like you have to put the ball in my hands, that's just a guy being believing in himself, which every athlete does, and I completely understand. But it's also like how many times have we seen the play get blown up on a... First of all, you weren't even in the game. And second of all, like everyone does a QB sneak in that situation. Right. Like That's the right play. And yeah, Huntley made the wrong decision to try and go over. And the play design was clearly for Huntley to just put his head down and go. Uh, you, I, I mean, they did a... Multiple podcasts did a good job breaking that down where it's like when you see the running backs and tight end behind him just go into the, the scrum, that means that it's just put your head down and we're pushing the pile. Yep. So is that the smart decision? No. Do you win with Lamar? Maybe, sure. But it was, it's division rivals. Like, who knows what happens? And I, I just thought that it was unfair for Huntley. And also, like, but there, he was, I don't remember J.K. Dobbins really ever being their goal line back this year. Well, he was just not even played. Like, he hasn't even been healthy. That's true, too. Uh, I thought the worst count earlier in the week, Sammy Watkins was like, I want Lamar to play. Like, I came here to win. Like, we, we, we're only going to have a shot if Lamar plays. It's like, dude, Sammy Watkins, shut up. Like, you... You what just is, got there. What has he done this year? Was he, nothing. Like, talk about a guy being hurt. Like, dude, you never can play. Like, it was just weird. I felt bad for Tyler Huntley and thought he responded great and hoped the best for him. Pro bowler. Um, kind of. Yeah, pro bowler. But, yeah. So, I mean, th- there's not much to make of it. The Bills move on, and, and what matters is this game next week um, in which they have to travel to Buffalo for. So, it'll be a great game, and we'll break it all down. I don't have anything else on the preview or on the recap, though. Do you? No. Yeah. And then our final one. Dallas Tampa, it's currently thirty-one to six. Grass Tampa's, lost. Tampa's got sad boy drives right now, pity drives to try to make the score look closer for when people wake up. Um, yeah, Dak looked awful the first three drives, and made Moye turned it on. Picked it up since. Good for him. These are one of those ones though that I'm just glad because it makes me have a little more faith in football, humanity, and how things should work. Because this should have been the score. Like yeah, and it just all and I almost I I, I ended up taking the. The Cowboys on the podcast, but I was like fully expecting the Bucks to win. Um, yeah, but it, this is just what the Bucks have been absolutely horrible all year, and it is hard to just turn it on like that, and they can't do it. So Dallas moves on. Split records because I had the uh, um, charge. I mean the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they'll move on to San Francisco. Is that a grass field? Yes. Two in a row in a grass field could be tough. Looks like they looked a little faster out there. Grass, so grass is 0-1. Uh, but yeah, grass is yeah, grass is 0-1. So that is our preview. Um, 
How did our playoffs work? I was going to pull it up. I we also have to do helmet stickers still. Uh, da, 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 da. So I it was it was finalized last night. I one second let me go to groups. I think I'm in the lead, but barely. And you also have two guys I haven't played. So I have 114.48 points. You have 88.48 points. However, you have not had a running back or a wide receiver play, and I just have not had a tight end play. I had Eckler play. No, but your other running running back, I think, hasn't played. Yeah, I've had McKinnon. Yeah. That's McKinnon and, and uh, uh, AJ, Brown. AJ Brown. Haven't played yet, but I only had Travis Kelsey not play. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, so the 49ers we... defense in it. Kittle didn't score a touchdown. 49ers defense didn't really do anything for you. And obviously, Josh Allen's turnovers hurt so you. So the then. preview, we need to redraft for the guys that are out, if there are any. I have to redraft one. I have to redraft one as well. A wide receiver. But we can't take a player that's been taken either, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to be. Okay, that's, that's going to be interesting. Okay. Um, Helmet stickers. Helmet stickers. Oh, Brady almost got picked off <clears throat> Helmet stickers. Okay. Um, offensive player of the week for me is Brock Purdy. 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown. Um, phenomenal. Like, they, they are winning because of Brock Purdy. Like, not just in spite of Purdy or, like, they're not just putting anyone out there to kind of make sure. Like, they're not putting Jimmy G out there. Like, he's he, they are winning because of Brock Purdy's play. And it's fun to watch. And uh, they fully expect him to keep going. So, Brock Purdy, offensive player of the week. Uh, mine's Daniel Jones, obviously 301 yards, two touchdowns, and then 78 yards rushing. That's just crazy. Quarterback rating of 114.1. Yep. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, defense player of the week. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm trying, I was trying to decide what Giant of two. I thought Xavier McKinney played phenomenal. I thought Dexter Lawrence played phenomenal. I thought Adoree Jackson played phenomenal. I thought Dexter. I think I might have said Dexter Lawrence played phenomenal. Uh, Darnay Holmes had two great tackle for losses. I'm just going to give it to Xavier McKinney. I just feel like I gave him some crap. And then he came out and literally shut down Justin Jefferson. Like that. Adore Jackson, like it's hard for him to go one-on-one. But just yep. if you – like one one bad split-second split decision by Xavier McKinney is a 60-yard touchdown, right? He was always in the right spot the entire game. Yep. And he was tackling too. Phenomenal play. Smart of Xavier McKinney to break his hand on purpose so that you could watch the film during the Vikings' yes. first game, be ready for the second game. Yes. So, smart. Uh, mine, I'll give it to Asante Samuel in a losing effort. Six pass deflections, two interceptions. I mean, the last play, the run play, is nowhere entire. It's not on him at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, looked like his dad out there making picks in the end, in the playoffs. So, cool moment. Uh, miscellaneous. Interesting. Miscellaneous. Hmm. I mean, hmm. Uh, I'll go Sam Hubbard. I mean, the dude got a 99-yard touchdown to win the playoff game for his team. So that feels pretty cool. So Sam Hubbard. Uh, mine goes to fortitude in the face of adversity. You're going to have to explain that one. Uh, I just thought that there was a lot of teams that deserved recognition. I thought – the, or the Jaguars deserve recognition for how they came back in mm-hmm. the face of adversity. I thought the, the Dolphins deserve recognition for how they played in the face of adversity, especially being down 17-0. I thought the Ravens, you know, deserve some recognition for how they played in the face of adversity just with everyone doubting them. You know, we those were the – there was two games, even the, even the Seahawks that first half. Like, we thought there was going to be a lot of blowouts in on the first two days of football this week. And you can say that the 49ers was a blowout, which it was at the end, but you that that didn't that's not like 
of the blowout we're seeing right now on Monday Night Football, which no one projected to be a blowout, uh, if we're being completely honest. Yep. Um, I just thought that it was great football. And it was a lot of teams that had nothing to really play for. No one believed in them. And they just came out swinging. And there was almost two of the biggest upsets we've seen in NFL history or NFL playoff history this weekend. And I, I just think that and one of the biggest comebacks we've seen as well. So I just think that, that deserves some recognition. Sure. So you'll be right down fortitude in the face of adversity. Yes. Okay. I will do that. Uh, and then the buzz up over. Sponsored by uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, okay. We can um, just double star this man. So we'll both put Brandon Staley for one of them. So do you have any others, basically? Um. I mean, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll give him two. Josh Allen, you're in there. Anyone else? And uh, let's just throw Lombardi in there too, because we've always put Staley. I think Lombardi. Yeah, that's have his name thrown. No, in there we as well. we do. We always put Staley, but I've been just as harsh on Lombardi. Yeah. Um. So there's. I. It's not fair to, but you kind of have to give it to Huntley. You just can't. Yeah, you can give it. You just can't. You just can't reach over. Can't reach over, dude. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, for how he responded. Yeah, Mike McDaniel's third and nineteen on your own five. And quarterback. As much as hitting a vape is cool, you can't really do that. You can't do that either. So let's everyone just like figure it out for the yeah. next week. Yeah, but yeah, that's our wild card. Uh, I expect the divisional to be very, very fun, very fun matchups. Um, it will be the Giants and the Eagles, the Jags and the Chiefs, the Bengals and the Bills, and the Cowboys on a Sunday night heading to San Francisco. I, I'm i glad that I think the two most potential of excitement games are on Saturday. Also the most potential for blowouts, if we're being completely honest, but potential for two really exciting games, I think, those those yep. Saturday games. I think they nailed it this week. Last week didn't make any sense. This week was was perfect. What's the? I wonder if they know what the order of the conference championship. Okay, NFC is at 3, AFC is at 630. I like the NFC being the afternoon. It feels more conference championship day to me. Like, I guess the Giants have played on. Every time the Giants have played in the NFC championship, they've been the primetime game. But for some reason, when I think of like, when I think of uh, championship Sunday, I just think of 2007, that uh, Bears Saints and Soldier Field game at three, and then yeah, Colts Patriots in the RCA on that night. It just that hit different. Three feels like more of the actual game, but yeah, now that you have every good quarterback on the AFC, I think it's flipped to now the AFC getting these. I think they flip games. it every. Yeah, they do because if the Giants got it in the even years both times that they played, then the odd year obviously they would not. So oh, yeah. they flip it every other year. Interesting. Okay. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, people think I have a lot to say on the. the Divisional pod, I'm not going to have a lot to say. There's only... You're going to have a lot to say. I have eight words. Just ponder that. Wait. Eight. Are you counting its? Yes. I I have your eight. Yep, that was easy. That's a fun little puzzle. That was easy trivia to figure out. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think every week you also say I don't have a lot to say, and that is just not true. No, I'm. I've, it's a natural I've, instinct for you to say it, so it's, it's totally. I I thought about it, um, and I just don't want to. I don't want to say a lot. I, I I told myself in the car today when I was driving. You're going to end up saying a lot. And I said, Justin, you have to you have to just you have to stick with the, what, you, what you got. You got to stick with your cards right now, brother. Don't draw from the deck. Don't draw from that Uno deck, Justin. You got you got one card in your hand right now. And you're hoping that somebody plays down a yellow four. That's what you're hoping for right now. Because you got a four. It doesn't have to be yellow. Well. It's got to be four. You got a nine and it's yellow. Yeah. Well, 
I don't, I don't believe you, but we will see when it happens. So, uh, like, yeah. I have a shot collar on. Everyone, everyone enjoy uh, the college basketball slate. Uh, it will be tonight that I'm saying that. It's an, un, I mean, it's an unreal slate of college basketball. You've got Kansas at Kansas State, Texas at Iowa State, Baylor at Texas Tech, Penn State at Wisconsin, Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, and I'm creating a butler because I'm going to throw my team in there, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy that. Shout out Rutgers basketball. 2024 is going to be a hell of a year. There we go. Burke, take us out. If the money ain't involved, I don't really want to know I'm just trying to get the revenue and never let it slow I go crazy, I'm lazy, amazing enough Everybody says I'm genius, but that's just a bluff I'm an underrated, overeducated individual Always turn a profit and I'm dishing out residuals To the homies that are day one, past the A1 This is high stakes and I think I like it well done Never let the mainstream affect my mentality Never caught conforming just to benefit salary Busy trying to blossom, but the weather gonna challenge me Time for Burke season, other artists getting allergies Cleveland, Royal I strive for greatness, dodging all the criticism, starring in the matrix. Only one request when the people want to play this. Scream, jump, clap, let the music get contagious. If I make the crowd jump, would you listen to me? If I sound like Lil Pump, could I make it groovy? If I'm crazy like Ye, would they be consuming? If I sang like Jermaine, would it sound soothing? If I made the crowd jump, would you listen to me? If I sound like Lil Pump, could I make it groovy? If I'm crazy like Ye, would they be consuming? If I sang like Jermaine, would it sound soothing? Oh, this is scary, but it's just a representation of all of your peers They tell you go one way if you wanna clear The jump that is life, but I urge you to veer I know this is scary, but it's just a fear A representation of all of your peers They tell you go one way if you wanna clear The jump that is life, but I urge you to veer So, after you've heard everything Are you ready? I've been trying to find my sound, but it's difficult to do How do I combine the instrumental with my mood? Maybe it's a problem when I got an attitude But at least I ain't as bad as all the bitches on The View Hating how the lights get the money and the fans All the marketing today just a scam, and spam If there's one thing to realize, please understand That a Twitter or an Instagram never make a man I'ma do my own thing, you can hate from afar Oh, you wanna join the gang? Better bring a gold star Wouldn't know what I was thinking even if it's in a bar In a different kind of world like we watch an avatar Love Hard work, positivity will prosper If it were up to me, you wouldn't even make the roster Oh, you sound sick, you don't even need a doctor My life's like a movie, and I deserve an Oscar If I made the crowd jump, would you listen to me? If I sound like Lil Pump, could I make it groovy? If I'm crazy like Ye, would they be consuming? If I sang like Jermaine, would it sound soothing? If I made the crowd jump, would you listen to me? If I sound like Lil Pump, could I make it groovy? If I'm crazy like Ye, would they be consuming? If I sang like Jermaine, would it sound soothing? I know this is scary, but it's just a fear A representation of all of your peers They tell you go one way if you wanna clear The jump that is life, but I urge you to veer I know this is scary, but it's just a fear A representation of all of your peers They tell you go one way if you wanna clear The jump that is life, but I urge you to veer